Good Monday morning, guys. Welcome to a uh, another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards, another laundromat listenings edition. It's a beautiful Monday morning here, Southern Indiana, almost 8.30 in the morning at the laundromat. What a perfect time to hop on the mic and, uh, or, well, they ain't really hopping on the mic on this one. This is mobile right off the, uh, Podbean app on our phone. Uh, throw in the earbuds, I guess you'd call it. I don't know. Anyways, uh, so the real purpose for this is to talk about what went down this weekend with, uh, Devin Haney and George Ferocious Cambocious. I posted out on social media that I was going to do a breakdown of this yesterday and, uh, it just didn't happen. So I'm going to do it now. Uh, before that, Kurt and I were supposed to record this weekend to, uh, do a back to back, which we haven't done in a while because we had a bonus weekend there with, you know, some changes in my scheduling with the kids on the, uh, for a couple weekends. Kurt and I couldn't quite get together for, the um episode on Waco, which was part two of our three-part series that we're going to cover sometime this year. We've done part one on Ruby Ridge, part two is Waco, part three is going to be Oklahoma City, because they're all three connected in a way. They're all three relatable. Uh, but Kurt and I will uh, try to do that again here in a couple weeks. Obviously this coming weekend will be out cause I'll have the kids, but we will uh, try to do a weeknight episode Wednesday night. Be about my only free night this week. So, but, uh, yeah, there, there's a bunch to talk about in sports and everything, bunch going on in the world. We could talk about if we really, 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 really wanted to, but anyways, so, yeah, I, uh, I took some notes with me here to the laundromat just because there was a couple things I wanted to point out about this. Uh, you think about how many professional boxing fights there is in a year, and there's a lot. And it always, the schedule always changes because, uh, you know, certain, some fights get canceled, replacement guys get put in, some fights get just made on a whim. You know, the schedule's always changing. But even with that, if a fight pops up and you know it's going to be a big one, you know it's going to be a big one. Like this one here, it kind of popped up. So when I sat down and looked out at the schedule, you know, in my opinion, in January, as far out as I could see what was coming, what was planned, there was five big fights that stuck out to me. And, you know, we've, we've now seen three of them. And we have two of them left. You know, the, the fifth biggest fight, no offense, was, uh, Tyson Fury and Dillian White for the WBC heavyweight title. That went down April 23rd in Wembley Stadium in London. They packed that son of a bitch for Tyson Fury coming home. The fourth biggest fight, uh, most likely is, is gonna, is gonna be interesting. It's going down July 23rd in in Saudi Arabia. Got some of that, you know, blood money. For those of you that read about politics related to sports and you've heard about the WWE, always shout out me. Always get a wrestling reference in no matter what episode we're doing. Uh, the reason they, they do shows over in Saudi. Anyways, but you got 
Alexander Usek against Anthony Joshua 2 for uh, all the babies. WBA, IBF, WBO, and IBO heavyweight titles. Of course, you know boxing is ran by four governing bodies, uh, sanctioned by four governing bodies. And, of course, it's always – that's why the title picture, some people get confused because you've got undisputed and you've got super and you've got legacy this. And and it gets confusing. And, you know, basically each governing body has champion and challengers and anyways – so that's the fourth biggest fight going down. And that's going to be interesting because um, if Usyk wins, I'd like to see Josh, I'd like to see Anthony Joshua win. But if Alexander Usyk wins, that clamoring that's been going on for Usyk Fury, according to Tyson, he's got nothing left to prove. You know, Tyson Fury, he's done, right? That's what he said after his presser. Basically, Tyson Fury has, has no desire to step back in the ring ever again, right? Yeah, well, as I've said in every episode we've done sports, at the end of the day, sports is a business. Pro athletes are entertainers. They're not only athletes, they're not, it's not only sports, but it's also entertainment. Huh. Sports entertainment, WWE, but it's the same for all. If there's money to be made, if there's money on the table... Somebody is going to get the money made. And a fight between Usyk and Fury would do huge gate records. But anyways, fuck that. We're not, we're, you know. Uh, the number three fight, of course, went down in Australia. You know, Saturday night. Cambosis versus Heaven. Haney, which we'll get to that. The second biggest fight of the year. And our, and for my money, is probably going to go down as the fight of the year and all professional boxing and maybe all combat sports, including MMA. That was Taylor versus Serrano. These women, these girls sold out the garden. And to think when they originally started putting this together, that little bitty small 3000 seat venue theater thing right beside MSG, that's where they wanted to put these girls, but they sold out the garden. They headlined at the garden. And then, of course, the biggest fight, the biggest fight of the year, and, you know, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing's all over this. Uh, Canelo, Gennady Glomkin, part three. Triple G, Canelo, part three. That's going down in September. Where that fight's going down yet, I don't know. I don't, maybe I do. I, I don't remember if I said it on the last episode or not. Anyways, getting ahead of ourselves. But so here's what I, I want to get into this. So going into this fight Saturday night. So, so actually I should, I should back this up because I made notes because I wanted to cover a lot of things about this because I was excited about this. This was the third biggest fight of the year in my opinion. And it was a damn good fight. Uh, I ended up not watching it. I have ESPN plus, so it was available to me. Um, if you didn't have ESPN plus, it was on pay-per-view. Uh, but I just fell asleep. They were in Australia and Cambosis, you know, backyard. They were in Melbourne, Australia. So, you know, it's daytime over there in the afternoon or whatever. And it's, they didn't hit the ring till probably 1130, 12 o'clock Saturday night. And I was done out. But anyways, it was for the WBA, the IBF, WBO and WBC and the ring lightweight titles. 
Cambosis held every single one of those titles except for the WBC crown, to the best of my knowledge. I think Haney was putting up the WBC title. Coming into this, Devin Haney was 28-0 coming into this fight. He was 28-0, had 15 knockouts, and George Ferocious Cambosis was um, 20-0, 10 knockouts. And there was 40-some thousand and change at Marvel Stadium. They filled up this huge soccer stadium in Melbourne for the undisputed lightweight bout. And Cambosis just got slaughtered. I didn't really think coming into this fight, coming into this, I didn't really see anybody landing. I, I should take that back. I didn't expect either one of these guys to knock each other out. I'm not saying it's, how, it's boxing. That's the thing that gets everybody excited about boxing is knockout shots. People go on YouTube all the time and download George Foreman and Mike Tyson clips all the time. Knockouts where it gets people excited. These guys are both capable of it. But I didn't think with the way these guys are that either one of these guys is going to be able to knock the other one out. And they didn't. They went 12 rounds. They went the distance. And Cambosis just did not fight a good fight. He didn't. He, he did not. He may be... And I'll break down each round. He may have had like one or two rounds where he could have got the edge, but from what I've seen in the replay, and trust me now, I've I've seen pretty much the entire fight all in highlights and replays. Uh, Haney controlled this thing, which was surprising to me, but uh, apparently not surprising to everybody else. Uh, and I'll go through this real quick here. Haney uh, was scored. 116 to 112 twice and 118 to 110. Pretty very easy, you know, victory there. Yahoo Sports chimed in with their rankings. They had it at 117, 111. Bad left hook. Check out bad left hook if you like boxing. Uh, they had two of their guys score at 116, 112 at home for Haney. And then one guy scored at 115, 113 for George Cambosis. Uh, Anyway, so, something else I want to point out, what's interesting about this is uh, what I was talking about a minute ago about these guys are, they're athletes, it's sports, but it's also entertainment. There's no such thing, in my opinion, still, I guess I guess I shouldn't say it. We're, we live in a, a politically correct time. We live in a politically woke time. You got to watch the things you're doing. You got to watch the things you're saying now. This ain't like the 90s. It ain't like the early two mid 2000s, but, uh. These guys know that they have to sell themselves. Ali was a fucking salesman. Ali sold himself to the fans, to the audience. Mike Tyson was a badass, but he fucking kept that up all the time in public. He kept that persona up. And I'm not saying it wasn't a real persona. Mike, what you see in public was a real, like, like the animation. Cambosis, and you shout out me. I get out, I get pro wrestling references. It don't matter. We could be talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to get a pro wrestling reference in somehow, some way. Cambosis played the part in wrestling jargon of a heel, which was funny. He played a heel to everyone else, including, you know, America here. And then they go down south, you know, to the land down under. He goes back home to Australia and he's universally loved. He's, He's loved in the States a little bit, 
but not so. It reminds me in 1997, Bret Hart, pro wrestling, WWF, booed all over America, goes to Canada, goes to Europe. They fucking love him. He's the anti-American guy. He's pro-Canadian. Anyways, rambling. So, Cambosis was running his mouth. You know, he was flapping them gums a little bit. Probably flapping them a little bit too much. Saying things he probably shouldn't have been saying. He, he really egged it on. Devin Haney, and I'll give it credit. Haney had to overcome a lot, okay? Uh, Haney had to fly 18 hours to Australia. Because they wanted the match done in Cambosis' backyard. That's where the fight had to take place. Haney's father, Bill, is his trainer. And if you've paid attention to any of the sport news, Bill didn't arrive in Australia until like something like 18 hours before the fight took place because he had visa issues because, you know, he had, he was a convicted felon back in the day. So he couldn't get in the country, you know? And then... Cambosis had called him a rat and everything, snitched the whole thing with Lopez, uh, Google it, and calling everybody right. George Cambosis, all week long leading up to, well, not all week long, for months, but especially the last two weeks leading up to this fight that happened on Saturday night, really poked and really prodded Devin Haney. And I gotta, I gotta give Cambosis props on that. It was a, it was a dick move, in theory, but, I mean, it wore it. It was doing its job. Worrying, he just did. It wasn't as successful at it. But I mean, it was you know. So, um, and then they get in the ring, and, and to borrow a pro wrestling term, when something doesn't work out on live as it should when it's on paper, uh, and then the bell rang, and it was a different side of everything. Haney, you know, maybe his dad getting there on time would work. Devin Haney's only twenty three years old. You got to think about that. He's, he's younger than Cambosis. Haney's only 23 years old. Kid's only getting better. Scary good. And and this is, I wanted to, I, I put this in my notes here. And like I said, I've actually have handprinted notes because this was this important to me. I wanted to make sure I got everything I wanted to talk about. Uh, I went back and checked Vegas odds right before they were locked for the evening. Whatever hour they were locked, I don't know. Haney was coming in at 154 favorite. Okay, that's basically what that means. For those of you that don't know shit about sports betting, a 154 means you bet $154 to win 100. Cambosis, on the other hand, who had all the belts but the WBC crown in the lightweight 135-pound division, Cambosis was a 125-point underdog, which means you win $125 if you place a $100 bet. At the time the fight was announced, months ahead of time or whenever it was, Haney was at 189 and Cambos was at 145. Uh, and I've got a slight problem with that because I kept looking at Haney as the underdog. And I know everybody's like, he's got more fucking wins. He's had more fights than can. And you know what? You were a hundred, one hundred and ten percent correct on that. But from the from the way he carried himself, 
for the amount of gold he had stacked on him. Maybe it's just Haney didn't get a fair shake. And, you know, that's why people were assuming whatever. But if you, I'm not in the minority here. If you actually go online and you look at some of the boxing chat rooms and you look at some of the boxing groups on social media, you look at some of the boxing um, accounts on Twitter, there actually was a, a pretty big, I wouldn't even call it smattering. There was a pretty vocal crowd that Cambosis was the favorite instead of Haney. So, I mean, either way, it was, it was really interesting. Um, and then what I thought was cool because, uh, Cam ferocious missed, didn't make weight for the fight at first. A lot of people say it was psychological. I think it was so too. I think he was fucking with Devin Haney. So he, you know, wasted time, fucked off, fucked around. A few hours later, he came back, made weight fine. So I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm driving home the point of, you know, he's in his home country. Nobody's going to boo him. But if this was back in the States where Devin Haney is from, you know, George would have been slaughtered trying to leave the building. I'm pretty sure. But to his credit, George Cambosis, after the fight, would hand, personally hand, not the ref, not the crew, not the guys in the corner for Devin Haney, George Ferocious Cambosis Jr. took every one of his titles over. And handed them to Haney. And I, I put in here, uh, you know, he's, there's some quotes from him. He said, this is amazing for the sport, amazing for this country. At the end of the day, I want to take the best test, the hardest test. I'm going to give him full respect after his victory today. Let him have his time. And we'll do it again. I thought the fight was very close. But I'm not going to wreck his moment. I had my moment last November. And my moment was wrecked now. Let him have his his moment, and I'll see him again real soon. Haney, on the other hand, would say, I take my hat off to him. He's a true warrior. Anybody that steps in the ring, I respect. There was nothing but respect in the whole buildup. Yeah, bullshit. He said, he literally, Haney said, there was nothing but respect in the whole buildup. After, anyways, Haney continued, even though he got disrespectful, I stayed respectful. I want to thank Cambosis and all of Australia for coming out. Thank you, George, for giving me the shot. A lot of these so-called champions wouldn't give me a shot. You were a true champion, and you gave me my shot. So, which brings us to, you know, what we always talk about. Well, there, who's next? Is there going to be a rematch? Well, Devin Haney is contractually obligated. Okay? They're putting these contracts together, the promoters, the lawyer. One thing I forgot to fucking look at, because, you know, I, I just got back into boxing. I didn't watch boxing for a long time. I've just kind of got back into boxing. When me and Kurt last summer, last August or July, whenever it was, did our Tyson vs. Ali episode, and I was watching old boxing. So I, I've kind of got back into boxing. 
And you've heard me say the prima donna, the number one guy in boxing, the number one promoter, Eddie Hearn, matchroom boxing. Devin Haney tweeted at something. He tweeted something at Eddie Hearn following this fight or before this fight or something. Some somewhere to do somewhere in that area. I don't know. I don't. I don't have all the details of that. But I don't know if Eddie Hearn is attached to this or not. Eddie Hearn's the smartest promoter in boxing. He's the biggest asshole in boxing, but he's good at his fucking job, and that's what makes it scary. That being said, that being said, and I'll be right back. I have to go change my laundry. So anyways, I lost my train of thought there. I had to go and change laundry over. That's my bad. But anyways, like I said, I don't know if, if Matchroom and Eddie Hearn is a part of this or not. Either way, the guys that work these contracts up and the, and these agreements and everything, they're smart because Haney's contractually obligated to give Cambosis the rematch. And the whole fucking thing about this is, is if the rematch happens, when it happens, it has to go down in Australia again, which means George Cambosis. And I, and I love this kid. I love Ferocious. But you talk about a stacked deck against Haney. If the rematch happens, when it does, it's got to go down in Australia again. Because it was already agreed upon in the terms. However... There's a bunch of challengers out there already that, you know, we could see, you know, fight. Like, the number one I'm thinking of is uh, probably Tank, Gervonta Davis. But in order to ensure that he gets his rematch with Cambosis, who's to say he doesn't lose, the, wouldn't lose the title against Tank. So... It very well could be that the next fight that happens for either of these two guys is a rematch with each other. Uh, Cambosis pretty much, you know, within day, which I mean, it's, it's two days removed now. He's been pretty vocal already after the fight at the press conference. I don't know if he's put anything out on social media. I actually have not checked either one of these guys' social media personally yet, but he's already been very vocal that he he wants this rematch to happen he and Devin Haney now after you know going through all the hurdles and dealing with all the bullshit Haney's not exactly entertaining the idea yet so uh Cambosa said I'm a warrior for me, this is adversity. I have to come back. It's part of the game. I'm not here to protect zeros. We'll do it again. This is going to make me hungrier. I gave him the opportunity. I'm sure he'll give me the opportunity now. Devin Haney responded by saying, of course it makes sense. The people want to see it. The network wants it. Then, of course, I'll do it. If not, then I'll fight whoever. doesn't matter. I'm not ducking or dodging nobody, but it's got to make sense, which goes back to the point I've I've said. Uh at the end of the day, sports is a business that turns a profit and makes money. And if there's money to be made, it's going to be made. It doesn't matter if it's, we're talking about a baseball game or baseball team, talking about two fighters. If there's money to be made, it's going to be made. Uh, Cambosis, though, like I said, I think uh, I mentioned it earlier. He said, you know, I'm going to give him his full respect. I'm going to let him have his time. 
and we'll do it again. I thought the fight was very close, but I'm not going to wreck his moment, which, you know, as I mentioned earlier. But the the, the build-up to this fight, um, you know, it's just crazy how, all, all the things that happened. Cambosis with the trash talk because he's not afraid to, he's not afraid to run that mouth. Devin Haney's father being a convicted felon years ago before Haney was, you know, born. You know, he's paid his dues. He's having trouble getting visa access to get in Australia. Okay, uh, and he gets there less than twenty four hours before the fight. Cambosis misweighed in on the first attempt, but through all this. Fucking adversity. Devin Haney was just chill. Like, so chill. So. Anyways. I guess. And as far as the money goes on this fight, I right now, I don't have any of the numbers I don't know what the gate drew. I don't know what the network money drew. I don't know what the pay-per-view do. I'm pretty sure it was available on pay-per-view. If you have ESPN Plus, if you have ESPN Plus, it was free on there. Uh, if you don't have it, I think it was available on pay-per-view. So I don't, I don't know what the TV money buys were or, you know, the TV stream. I don't, I don't know what the deal was from ESPN for the streams. I don't know what the pay-per-view gates were. I don't know what the attendance at the gate were. I don't know what merchandise sales were. I don't know what the purse winnings are. All I can tell you is ballpark based off what I looked at for the last two fights for either of these guys. The last two fights for either of these guys, they're, you know, averaging roughly, I don't know, three, five million per fight now this one you've had a little bit of time to promote there's been a lot of hype surrounding this one i don't think you know some people might not put this in the top five as you know one of the most anticipated you know big fights of the year some people might put it down a little lower some people might put it in the top 10 some people might put it outside the top 10 in the top 25 whatever i put this as a top five fight that's me that's what i'm gonna do uh so i don't i don't have the numbers but ballpark off their last couple fights these guys were running like you know three five mil per fight but with all this time to promote this thing and the hype and hoopla you know that drove buys up you know that drove ticket sales up um i don't know if they sold out that marvel stadium i don't know the seating capacity but a big soccer stadium in australia and in australia all they fucking have is soccer uh i would say that stadium can hold more than forty thousand people it wasn't like, you know, when Tyson Fury walked to the ring against White back on April 23rd and there was 70, 80 fucking thousand people in Wembley. Uh, was that, that was at Wembley, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was at Wembley. Anyways, so I'm, I'm gonna, I got a light breakdown of each round of this fight. So, uh, you know, there was, there was a nice introduction by, uh, Michael Buffer. Uh, the best in the business. Michael Buffer used to announce for uh, World Championship Wrestling's pay-per-views as well. Their main events. Does a great job. His brother, his brother Bruce. Maybe I got that backwards. The one brother, the one Buffer, 
the one buffer brother. That's that's fun. Buffer brother. The one buffer brother does the UFC. The other buffer brother done boxing and professional wrestling. Maybe I've got that backwards. I can't remember which one's which now. Uh, drawing blank at the moment. But anyways, the buffer boy. Nice introduction. Crowd booing galore for the Las Vegas kid traveling 18 hours to Australia. And then here come Cambosis walking to the ring. Look, I mean, and he. He had a fucking swagger and a confidence like you would not believe. He looked like fucking, he looked like $10 million. I mean, personified to the part. It had that big fight feel. And, you know, we know what happens. So... There wasn't a whole lot that went down round one. You know, Haney's kind of, they're, they're just kind of feeling each other out. Jab lands here. Cambosis tries a flurry. Nothing connects. Rapid jabs by Haney. The story of this fight is going to be a lot of the jabs by Haney. Devin Haney had a four-inch reach advantage over George Cambosis. I don't remember what the reach per man was, but I do remember seeing the tail of the tape. And I don't remember now, but, but Haney had about a four inch reach advantage Four. if you don't think four inches makes a big difference, pal, you just go ask your wife. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I said, if you don't think four inches is a big difference, go ask your wife. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But basically, the Haney wins the first round. He's jabs, and Cambosis is already tying him up in the first round. And I seen the replay. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Now, keep in mind, I seen the replay after the fight happened in real time. Because, like I said, uh, it, it potentially potentially depending on how long and they had a good undercard i'm not going to go through the undercard you're not here to talk about the undercard you're not here you don't give a fuck about the undercard um depending on how long the undercard ran it was potential for these guys not to take the ring until after midnight could have been 1 2 a.m depending um so keep in mind i i watched 95 percent of the fight in highlights and replays and, you know, I'm sitting there while, and this is, like I said, this is uh, the day at the morning after the fight, you know, this is like, you know, 11 o'clock yesterday morning, I'm watching this and he's tying him up in the first round. I'm like, what are you doing? Like you can beat this guy. And, you know, round two comes out, Haney's establishing the jab, Cambosis misses a right hand Cambo, uh, right hand by Cambosis, uh, Haney charging, looking to land a left. Jab for Haney again. There's a lot of clinching and holding going on. Uh, Judge scores at 19-19. Cambosis connects with a beautiful left hook. Might have been one of the most beautiful shots of the whole fight. Just fucking slammed it on him, son. I mean, slammed it on him. Round three comes off, and uh, Haney, once again, is uh, 
working that jab, just just working it. That's the story of this fight. You go back and watch. It's 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 the jab and Cambosis. And, and again, I want to I want to reiterate something I said a little bit ago. Uh, I'm not saying anybody. I mean, anybody can be knocked out on any given day. That's that's not an issue. But I did not believe either one of these guys was going to knock the other guy out. And you can say that for a variety of reasons. Number one, because it's a business and everybody wants to make money and, you know, fight going the distance, you know, whatever. You know, that would assume that everything's a work and we all know boxing is not a work. But I just, I didn't see it happening. That's my opinion. Um, I mean, I'll go through, keep going through the rounds here, but, uh, there's just, there was so much cleansing going on by round three. Things are looking a little different. Haney's coming up with combinations. Uh, both man, both guys are landing body shots to the inside. It's what I wrote in my notes here. Haney gets in with a chopping right hand and then Cambosis has towards the middle of round three into round three. Uh, he throws this fucking, I guess in football, you'd call it a Hail Mary, just a wing and a prayer, just throws this shot and, uh, completely wild and it, it, nothing but air. And then Haney nails him with a left hand right before the bell. They score it 29, 28 Haney. So... Round four, Cambosis can't get anything clean inside, outside, nothing. You know, he every time he tries to get inside, that long reach of, of David Haney keeps him honest. Anytime he does get closer, though, there's that jab and just, you know, or that's that fucked up. That's backwards. And it, you know what I mean? But, uh, nothing much really happens in round four. Uh, Haney gets a hard right hand around the guard, right to the body. Cambosis gets tagged by a left while struggling to even throw punches. Uh, Cambosis came back with a beautiful jab that the fucking 41, 42,000 people just popped out of their seats for. Uh, Cambosis eats the left, takes a bump, nice bump. 39, 37 Haney. Round five comes along. Uppercut, Haney just nails Cambosis in the jaw. And I'm like, oh, fuck. If I didn't already know the outcome, I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, like, crowd by this point, by by, by the middle of round five, the crowd is, uh, the crowd's starting to see that if this goes the distance, if, uh, if, Cambosis don't come out round six and, and make a strategy change here that, that something, something bad's going to happen as far as scoring. Because by this point in the middle of round five, into round five, it's clear that Devin Haney is in complete, total control of this fight. Um, Cambosis just can't do anything with him. I don't know what, I really don't know what his strategy was for this. I mean, he, he, Anything, anytime he tried to get close, Haney would sidestep and nail him with a, with a hook, or he would just jab at him. 
the story of this fight, you go on YouTube and you watch it or you Google anything about the results, and I bet you 90 fucking percent of it somewhere is going to say the story of the fight was the jab. The jab by Haney. The jab by Haney. Like, I, I, you know what? I'm not going to even go through the rest of the rounds with you because we're in round six here now. It just, uh, I mean, Cambosis got in some shots. He did. He, he, he did. That is absolutely true. But he just couldn't get nothing established. And I don't know. I'm, you know, for what Devin Haney had to go through, you know, hats off to him. Um, Cambosis fucked with him mentally and emotionally. He was emotionally traumatized because, you know, he, he thought his dad might not be making it to the show. Um, his dad's, you know, basically his biggest trainer, but this kid's 23 years old now and the lightweight champion division in boxing is 135 pounds, 135 Devin Haney beating Cambosis the unanimous decision makes him the first undisputed lightweight champion in the four belt era. In that division, there's never been an undisputed champion, which means He's holding the WBO, the WBC, the IBF, and the WBA World Championships in that lightweight division. Okay? Those are the four sanctioning bodies in, in boxing. Of course, there's a couple other championships. There's some outlaw bodies. There's some independent bodies, whatever you want to call them, like the ring championship, which that belt was also on the line as well, but it's not really universally recognized as a world championship to me. Um, I don't even know if they recognize it as a world championship. It's more of an independent thing, but there there's been, there has been, um, undisputed champions across the big four and other divisions. That's, that's happened, but not in this one. And for it to happen and it happened on enemy soil in the backyard of the guy you beat for the championship, the guy that's taunted you for months, especially last week, the guy that fucked with you about your dad not making it, the guy that fucked with you by cut by not making weight, so then you think you're not going to get a fight, and then he just goes and disappears for a couple hours just to fuck with you and make you wander. All this shit, and you do it all, and you're 23 years old. You're 23 years old. And then you're only going to get better. You are only, only, only going to get better. And that's scary. Uh, as far as... Uh, I do have a uh, punch count. This is accurate to the best of my knowledge. This is fairly accurate. Uh, I put this in my notes. I did not personally count these. I pulled this off of uh, one of the many boxing websites I follow online and uh, one of the many boxing groups I'm in on Facebook. Uh, Devin Haney landed 78 jabs out of 333 jabs thrown, and he landed 69 power punches out of the 255 thrown for a total of 147 landed versus 588 thrown. Okay. You're thinking that doesn't sound that good. Well, on the flip side, Cambosis was able to land 32 jabs 
out of 215 thrown and 68 power punches out of the 202 thrown for an over under of 100 punches landing for 417 punches thrown. And Devin the Dream Haney, I mean, Devin the Dream Haney, like, congratulations. Uh, I, I, I honestly, I did not care. This was right along the line with Taylor and Serrano and how much I love that, how happy I was that combat sports and women's sports in general and especially boxing because boxing has fallen completely to the wayside. Has fallen completely to the wayside in years versus MMA. But I was so happy for that Taylor Serrano thing, what they've done. I'm happy for this thing too because... The feel good sort of Devin Haney, and and like I said with Taylor and Serrano as well, I didn't care who won that fight, but I wanted Serrano to win. Katie Taylor ended up retaining. This fight here, I didn't care who won. I, I was happy with both guys, but I really wanted to see Cambosis. You know, so I'm I'm zero and two right now. Uh, well, two I'm uh, one and two because I got. Tyson over Dane. Uh, so I've got Usek and Joshua, two, and uh, the big one, the trilogy of all trilogies, Canelo, Triple G Part 3 in September. Eddie Hearn's got his greedy little fingers all over that. He's going to, he better deliver. Man, he better deliver. But uh, anyways, yeah, so that's my recap. It's uh, It's a tremendous fight. Uh, oh yeah, the thing I always do about every big boxing fight. Will there be a rematch? <laughs> well, since he's contractually obligated to give one, I would say yes. But what's the outcome going to be? Uh, I'd be hard to root against Devin Haney now. But, you know, we'll see what happens. So that's, uh, that's pretty much it for the laundry. Matt listenings, uh, I ain't really got a whole lot going on today. Um, this new job, there's, uh, some serious flexibility, um, with the schedule and what I do and, uh, I just, I'm, uh, I keep reach, sorry, I keep getting distracted. So I've, I've started this new health kick. I've been posting on social media about it all weekend. My fat ass signed up for the gym. I'm changing my diet. I've, I've got a workout plan drawn up for me. I've got a diet plan drawn up for me until I get kind of squared away with what I need. You know, I baked a shitload of chicken breast last night so I can have for lunches and snacks and uh, a post-workout breakfast meal type thing, which I, which I ate in here. It's just boneless, skinless breast. But I uh, went to the gym this morning. Was there about an hour and a half? two hours maybe uh, did 45 minutes on the treadmill a very brisk walk soaked in sweat did 20 15 20 minutes of free squats and uh, attempted some crunches and then I did my weightlifting workout and uh, now I'm here um, I don't really know what else uh, 
Kurt and I are going to try to get on the mics Wednesday night. Wednesday night, I'm free. We're going to try to get on the mics, get a, uh, get a weeknight chronicles episode in. Whatever we talk about, we talk about. And then, um, you know, I'm hoping, my hope is, uh, not this coming weekend, cause I'm going to have the kids, but the weekend after that, I'm hoping we can go ahead and do Waco. And then I'm actually, I plan to reach out, which by the way, guys, uh, you heard me say this before, please check out after two beers podcast. It, it is, it's a great podcast. The guys and the gals over there, I listen to it. I download it. They're Indiana based as well. They're up in Richland, Indiana or, or Richmond. Sorry. It's going it's about a three, four hour drive for me and Kurt. Um, and these guys, they pull some, they pull some downloads. They pull some ratings. Uh, these guys are streaming town. It's, it's a cool podcast. You know, they talk about whatever the fuck they want to talk about. Like, uh, like me, wrestling, sport. They'll talk about anything. Their whole gimmick is, you know, you got to have two alcoholic drinks, a beer or a drink before we turn the mics on press record, which that just makes it awesome. Live mic, loose cannon. Uh, we've kind of started a love affair with each other, as I've said a few months back. And uh, they've extended the invite for me and Kurt to come up. I don't know how this would go down exactly. In my mind, I, I envision that we would hang out with them. We would probably maybe sit in on an episode with them where they would plug and play us, which would only help us gain traction. But then I'm hoping I could finagle them because uh, it looks like their mics are XLR, which is what goes into the back of my recorder. My pod tracks, cause, so I'm hoping maybe I can convince them to just take their headphones and their mics, switch them over to my XLR, and then me and Kurt record an episode right there with these guys. And, uh, you know, but anyway, please, please, please check out the After Two Beers podcast. These guys are tremendous, tremendous people out there. Uh, some great episodes. I love the, uh, the feedback on the, uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock thing that went down at the, Oscars, or Grammys, or God, whatever the fuck it was. It wasn't the Grammys. Will Smith don't rap anymore. <laughs> but, uh, all right, guys, uh, I guess that's about it. I don't really have a whole, mo- whole lot more to say on anything. Just um, looking at my work phone here. My timer for the laundry. But anyways, yeah, guys. That's all I'm gonna, that's all I got for today, I guess. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Once again, I wanna, uh, thank everybody for, um, the support over the podcast. That's the last thing I'm gonna say. I keep reaching for these cigarettes, man, and I don't have cigarettes anymore. There's an empty pack in here, I'm telling you. I smoked my last one about two o'clock this morning. This, this whole thing, I'm taking it very seriously with this whole fucking, lifestyle changes diet but it i guess it's a force of habit that's that's kind of fucking with me right now like think about how many things you do in your life every day because it's a habit like i know i'm out of cigarettes but then i forget about it for about 10 seconds and i'll reach down to grab and then i'll realize there's nothing in the spot where my cigarettes used to go like i'm gonna start to get fidgety smoke the last one at 2 a.m I'm still holding good because, you know, before with, with work schedules and things, especially down at the foundry, I'd have to wait a little bit here or there. So I'm not saying, you know, I'm not used to that. I'm not saying I wouldn't have to wait a little bit for that. 
you know, 12 hours or something. But I'm, I'm eventually going to start getting fidgety. I got to find some sugar-free fucking candy, something, because it can't like I can just go pig out on any fucking thing I want now. Uh, I don't want to go back to dipping as an alternative. Like, I mean, I, 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 I quit dipping and started smoking, as dumb as that was. And then I would dip at work when I couldn't smoke. And I don't want to really start dipping as an alternative. My teeth's already fucked up enough the way it is because I didn't take good care of my teeth when I was a kid. And I'm diabetic. That, let that be a PSA to all the younger listeners out there, however few we had. Uh, I didn't take care of my teeth when I was a kid. I lied about it to my parents. So now my teeth, I look like, uh, no offense to my co-host who's not here to defend himself, but uh, meth rots your teeth, as he well knows, you know. My teeth are, I, I have them. They're not falling out, but they're, some of them are rotted. That's just from, uh, I look like a meth head. That's just from not taking care of my teeth. So I really don't want to do any more damage by dipping, but I need something because I'm getting fidgety. My hand is twitchy and I feel like a crack addict looking for a next fix or something. I'm, uh, extremely upset here. But, uh, yeah, so, so that's, that's what's going on, guys. Uh, please check out the After Two Beers podcast. We want to personally, I personally want to thank each and every one of you people that listen. Um, I kind of keep our numbers private to myself, um, because I was embarrassed in the beginning at how we were slow we were taking off, which I guess it takes a while to build the brand. It really does. But we're, we're a year in now. Our numbers are starting to gain a little bit of traction. Uh, we're averaging about, you, you know, we we have a high download count, but we're averaging about only 10 downloads an episode. You know, and then, you know, then we'll have a random day come through every once in a while where we'll come through and it looks like somebody will literally download half the catalog because we'll have a day where uh, we'll have a day, we'll have a 10 download day in a random middle of the week when we haven't had an episode out in two weeks. Uh, back in April, we had a, a random day towards the end of April where somebody come through and they downloaded and listened to like 21 episodes, just boom, 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 boom. So those are fine, but I would like to see more than a 10 download average. So please, if you enjoy hearing me and that idiot best friend of mine, who's not here to defend himself because he's working and I don't work with him anymore. If you'd like you know, if you like what you hear, spread the word to your friends, you know, and let them know, Hey, these guys, that ain't all sports. You know, they, they do bonus episodes, bonus content. They talk about shit from the other side. It's uh steel toes and scoreboard, or as Kurt says, now it's house shoes and scoreboards. Cause I'm not, you know, but at any rate guys for, uh, Kurt Kelly, well, not for Kurt Kelly, for, 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 for myself, for Jared Atkins. This has been uh, another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards, the Laundromat Listenings episode. I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And uh, we'll see you this later this week, hopefully, for a uh, weeknight episode. Thanks, guys.